Welcome to this week's edition of Hockey Unfiltered with Ken Campbell. I am Dylan Waugh. I am the sidekick to Ken. I am the Tommy Chong to Ken's Cheech. Today we're going to be talking about the Boston Bruins. We're going to be talking about the Nashville Predators and the U18s. But most importantly, stick around because we're going to be chatting with Don Waddell of the Carolina Hurricanes. So that's going to be uh, pretty, pretty good. So I'll, t- I'll tell you what happened, Ken. I realized that I did not have time to give our Twitter handles. So I just decided to go for, uh, I called an audible, if you will. Okay, okay. And I went with the uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Pretty, 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 pretty good. Okay. Yeah. I All did. right. You're not a Curb Your Enthusiasm fan? Uh, yeah, I've, I've watched it a few times, but oh, yeah. Yeah. It probably is a carryover from the fact that I think that Seinfeld's one of the most overrated shows in the history of television so i agree but, with you on that yeah wow wow and curb your enthusiasm is and, like and now i'm not saying seinfeld sucks i'm no, not saying that so like no. people don't think i think that There's seinfeld sucks I, th- I think it's good yeah i never thought it was what other people the brilliant piece of art that other people thought it was i always say that seinfeld is more fun to talk about than to actually watch yeah yeah. Interesting. And so, cause they, you know, they do a lot of like, you know, a lot of pop culture references came from Seinfeld, you know? Yeah. The double dipper. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the, the low talker, you know, like a lot of these things came from, from Seinfeld, but curb your enthusiasm. I, I think that that's brilliant. I think that that show is just incredibly brilliant. But uh, anyways, we should probably uh, move on to hockey. We should. And before we do, we should remind people that we're currently members of the hockey podcast network. Sure. Yes. And uh, you can currently find writing, Ken's writing specifically, at kencampbell.substack.com. Correct. And if you're currently listening to this or watching this, you should leave a review or a rating. Absolutely. Only if it's good, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Obviously. (laughs) Yeah. That's how we know if somebody's opinion matters. Right. Whether or not they agree with us. Yeah, exactly. Sounds good. I don't think that we agree with us. Wow, I'm lo- I'm looking at daily faceoff. I'm looking at their their. Uh, I'm I'm looking at bo- the Boston Bruins. Yeah, and uh, and and they have like you know they're injured. They have the lines and then the injured list and they got the pictures of the guys' sweaters and everything. They just like like just as I was looking, one just like disappeared. Oh, so that means the guy's not not hurt anymore. It was that guy that they brought up that that's, or no, it wasn't Froden. Froden. I can't remember. Oh, it's Hampus. No, it's not Hampus Lindholm. I don't know who it is, but anybody, somebody that was day to day just like disappeared. So now that somebody's healthy for the Boston Bruins and I'm not sure who it is. So should we chat about the Boston <laughs> Bruins then? Is that, is that, your, nice is that your sheepish way of nice saying, segue. you know, Hey, uh, yeah, yeah. hey Dylan, uh, shut up about curb your enthusiasm. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're moving on the Boston Bruins last week, you and Jeff Merrick and, and I forget what your team was, but Jeff Merrick said it was the Pittsburgh Penguins. You both talked about teams that you constantly are predicting to be bad right? and never become bad. And for me, that's the Boston Bruins. Yep. Like three years in a row, I predicted them to fall off a cliff. And, uh, I mean, this year it was obvious. David Krejci, gone. So your second line center has a huge hole. Your defense, weak behind Charlie McAvoy. And Tuka Rask, your franchise goaltender, gone. So this year I thought, this is the year. This is the year Boston's going to be bad and my prediction comes true. I was wrong. So, as it stands now, it looks like the Bruins are destined to face uh, Don Waddell's team. Uh, yeah, it could change unless, like the, unless in the Rangers minutes, unless the Rangers catch them, catch, catch, uh, Carolina. Yeah, it could change any, any minute now, but yep. uh, as it stands now, looks like they're going to face once again, we have the storyline of a skilled team in the Carolina hurricanes going up against the bruisers. How, how do you vi- envision a, a series like that going? See, I don't, I don't see the Boston Bruins as a particularly bruising team. You know? Okay, so how would you define a bruising team? Because this this begs Wa- more interesting. Washington's question. a bruising team. Okay, but how, how would you define Cap- it? A team that's heavy, okay. like you know, you talk about a heavy team, like a team that's heavy and plays a heavy, heavy game. Yeah. You know, cycles the puck a lot in the in the offensive zone. Um, you know, creates a lot of their chances off of physical play. Yeah. Um, you know, is is really like 
just a biatch to play against, you know, because it's a grind all the time. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't see the Bruins as that. I have a more broad definition than you. Okay. And that is the last thing you said, which is just a team that's miserable to play against. Yeah. And and Charlie McAvoy and Brad Marchand and, you know, to a less dirty but still physical extent, uh, Patrice Bergeron, these are guys that make you pay yeah. for having the audacity <clears throat> to want to play hockey against them. Right. And, and so that's why I say that they're a bruising team is because right. like, I mean that in just the most literal sense, I think you're right in a more specific, like the heavy cycle and stuff like that is kind of a hallmark of like the, you know, the LA Kings, yeah. right? right. From, from their, uh, from their glory years. But I look at the Boston Bruins as just a team that, you know, they're going to, they're going to pull every dirty trick in the book that they can, you know, and I'm not complaining about that. It's, you know, you, you, you play to the you get you take the leeway that the refs will give you in the playoffs, right? But I just I look at them as as a as a team that really knows how to use those things. Well, yeah, because they're of they're a veteran team and they've been there before and they've had some long playoff runs. So they know what style it takes to 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 succeed in the playoffs. Yeah. But to me, I, I think the Boston Bruins, I mean you know, there's, there's, there's several areas and most of them are right up the middle of the ice uh, where, you know, the Bruins have been very good this year. Yeah. Starting in goal. Yeah. I mean, you know, Jeremy Swayman has come in and like, it's, you know, it's funny because I think there are fans in some markets that go, Oh, come on. Seriously. Yeah. Like Henrik Lundqvist retires and then Igor Shesterkin comes in. Yeah. You know, Tuka Rask retires and Jeremy Swayman just picks it up and Linus Allmark to maybe a little lesser extent, but they've actually been pretty, they've actually shared the workload pretty evenly. Yeah. Um, but like to not have to worry about goaltending, like for as much as we talk about, you know, there's so many goalies out there and, and don't overspend on it, like, like to not ever have to worry about it is yeah. huge. And the Bruins haven't had to worry about goaltending this year. Charlie McAvoy is having arguably a sneaky, quiet Norris Trophy season. In I mean, my if it opinion. wasn't for Roman Yossi, just yeah, and Kel McCarr, the- and yeah, and Victor Hedman, and yeah, a lot of the other guys. But but he's right; he's there. Like he's been so excellent for them. And I think down the middle, I think the two like huge contributors to a lot of this um, are Charlie Coyle and Eric Halla who have been very, very good this year. Like Charlie Coyle's been terrific for them this year. And, you know, I mean, as much as they they miss Krejci, I think he's done an excellent job of coming in and and filling that void on their second line. You know, I mean, he's just a good player. He's just a good, honest player who plays a really good, honest 200-foot game. He scores, like he scores, he might not score tons, but when he does, they're big goals. They're important goals, um, you know, and I just think those two guys have picked up down the middle uh, on that team where, you know, where maybe people thought there might be a lot of question marks. I think those guys have really answered the bell and they've been terrific this year. Especially with Charlie Coyle, I was starting to think that he just was what he was. He came over from Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. yeah, he came yeah. over from Minnesota. And I remember liking that trade and thinking that Charlie Coyle was exactly the kind of, you know, guy that the Bruins needed. He wasn't a prospect at the time, but he was young, young enough that he probably was going to develop a little bit. Right. But I I guess I just thought that from last year, I guess I just thought, well, this is what Charlie Coyle is, you know, don't expect more from him, which was a good third line winger. Yeah. You know, which no disrespect to a good third line winger. It's not a game breaking talent. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and Charlie Coyle. Yeah, you're right. He, he's, he is a, a huge reason as to why my prediction has gone wrong. Jeremy Swayman is a huge reason as to why my prediction has gone wrong. And to your point about goaltending and 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 people being pissed off, it's almost like there's more to goaltending than just the goalie themselves. Right. It's almost like the defense plays a part. Yeah. It's almost like the goalie coach plays a part. It's almost like the goalie coach and their ability to work <laughs> with the defensive coordinator to create a system that works for both goalie and defense and exploits all of their strengths while covering their weaknesses of both the defense and the goalies plays a huge part. 
which I just said to you off the air that my hot take is I think Ilya Sorokin's <laughs> the most overrated goalie in the league right now. Okay. So there's there's my part of that. But yeah, like, I mean, you're right. Like, by the way, that I don't think that that has anything to do with Igor Shosturkin. He's just single-handedly just walked in and said, yeah, I'll be good. Yeah. Maybe great. Yeah. Yeah. I've Probably been good. I've been, I've been the best goalie in the KHL and yeah. I'll, I'll come over and I can be the best goalie yeah. in this league too. The NHL, it's like a one-to-one, you know, yeah. kind of yeah. step over. Yeah. 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 So, uh, but um, yeah, it, it, the Boston Bruins are, they're, they're looking good and and they are a team that, especially in the play- playoffs, you know, they make you pay for having the audacity of uh, playing against them. Yeah. And I think too, I, I just, you know, I think they know that, Really, in the Eastern Conference, like, you know, you say every year, oh, just get in and anything can happen. And usually it's not true. Like, usually you don't just get in and you can win. Like, you can get in and maybe win a round or two, or in the case of the Montreal Canadiens, three. Yeah. But at some point, you know, the cold water hits you right in the face, right? Yeah. But I think this team realizes you know, get in, in this, in this conference Yeah. as, as you know, we're going to be talking to Don Waddell later and, and uh, you know, I mean, his team's right in the thick of that. Right. I mean, his team was for the longest time. We thought they were going to win that division. We thought they were going to win the metropolitan division. Well, hands down. Yeah. Yeah. And now the New York Rangers are right there. Same number of games, same number of points. I think they play one more time between each other. Uh, they, I think they have a game next week. Um, so, you know, I mean, really in the East, it really is just make it. And you, you know, I mean, would anybody be surprised if if Boston went on a heater in the playoffs? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if Boston went on a heater in the playoffs. Um, eh, there, there are degrees to surprise, but yeah, (laughs) but I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't exactly be clutching my chest and fainting over backwards. No. Yeah. No, I would be a little surprised if they were if they won the Eastern Conference. Yeah. But, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, it wouldn't. But I mean, to your point about the Montreal Canadiens, like we've seen worse constructed teams do it. Yes. Right. I mean, Phil Deneau is Patrice Bergeron without the offense. Well, and this year he's actually bringing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This year Phil Deneau's bringing it. Yeah. This year Patrice Bergeron is Phil Deneau. Yeah. With yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it, I like obviously playing uh, with, um, uh, what's his name there in uh, in Los Angeles? The center, Kopitar. Kopitar. Anze Kopitar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because we we're just talking about Anthony Ranta. He's actually played a lot with Trevor Moore this year. Those two have been really good. Yeah. Uh, the, um, Dano and Moore. Yeah, yeah. In their, you know, in in terms of an all round game, and Dano is, you know, finding the net. What's he got? Twenty. He's yeah. He's, he's got, got over twenty now. He's got twenty. Yeah. Yeah. No, but my point with Kopitar was that like all of a sudden you've got two. Exactly, selkie, you know, perennial selfie yeah, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, as a coach, you just go, well, eh, one of you guys get out there and it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And nobody's got to take the tough competition and nobody's got to, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a very beneficial situation for both of them who are both having offensive resurgence seasons mm-hmm. in Phil Deneau and Nancy Kopitar. But um, anyways, uh, going back to goaltending for the Boston Bruins, uh, obviously their battery of goaltenders has gotten it done in the regular season. Do you... How, how do you, if, if you could make a prediction, I feel so bad asking this because goaltending is like the most unpredictable position, but and, I, and I, one that I don't know a lot about. But. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would, uh, that would hardly make you unique in this world, Ken. Right. <laughs> um, but like if, if you were to make a prediction on the goaltending battery in the playoffs, do you think that like it will be sufficient to get yeah. them through? Oh yeah. 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 I, I think it would be sufficient because I think they're good enough that, that I, I mean, this year they've been lights out. Yeah. You know, I mean, so does the moment become too big for them in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. I, I doubt it. Yeah. I doubt it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, they're, they're those guys and, and Swayman in particular. I mean, he's, he's replacing a legend, you know, yeah. and, and, yeah. and the moment hasn't been too big for him. Yeah. I mean, he got sent down to the minors only because Tuka Rask came back. The legend it, came back. Yeah. And, and it then the legend couldn't replace. Swimming. Right. Exactly. Well, the legend couldn't stand yeah. up. <laughs> that was the problem. The legend, Metaphorically and physically, yeah, yeah, the legend yeah. couldn't stand up. But, but, but I mean, when Swayman got sent to the minors, it had nothing. It had absolutely nothing to do with, yeah, with the way Swayman. he was playing. It yeah. had everything to do with, 
oh, we can send you to the minors without putting you on waivers and our guy's coming back and we yeah. want to see if we can play. Yeah. You know, but the, the moment there has been no, mo there have been no moments that have been too big yeah. for Jeremy Swayman this year. I forget, so, I forget who yeah. they were playing. I was watching some, some Bruins the other day and, and, and Swayman let in a goal, but right before letting in the goal, he was clearing his crease. He was giving it to a guy in oh, the yeah. small of the back yeah. with his blocker. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, it, it wasn't because he was clearing the crease that he let in the goal, but it was just, there was a tic-tac-toe play. I think it was a, a penalty kill that the, that the Bruins were on. Anyways, either way, the thing is, is that like, look, goaltending inter goaltender interference is a hugely unpredictable uh, thing. <laughs> I've told, I've told, I have, right. I have totally given up on it, but I'll like, tell totally you, given I'll tell up you on what's rule. goalie interference and what isn't when, when a goal gets challenged, I'm like, I have no idea. Flip. I have yeah. no idea. It's probably Alain Vigneault. That's uh, that's that's judging the goaltender interference, and he's just up there in the booth going one flip, baby. <laughs> Remember when he had Roberto Luongo and uh, yeah, Corey yeah. Schneider, and he yeah. he'd ask him who was starting. Yeah, yeah, he'd say yeah. one flip, baby, one flip. Yeah. Um, but one part of goaltender interference that I think is interesting is that if a if a goalie is out of the crease, the player has to initiate contact, and if a player is in the crease, any contact, even initiated by the goaltender, yeah. So the fact that he's got that gumption, let's call it, to uh, be giving it to somebody who's kind of, you know, uh, encroaching on that crease means that he's like, he's not going to have any issues running into somebody who's in the crease. Like sometimes some goalies, you see them and they instinctively avoid the player that's in their crease. Yeah. And it's almost a detriment to them because what you should be doing, and I'm not advocating for like diving or anything like that, but you should be hitting them. If they're in your crease and you're going side to side and they're hindering your movement, you should be hitting them and, and saying, hello, mm -hmm. this is my space. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, I think that that bodes well for playoff play when that, uh, that area in front of the net often becomes much more crowded. Right. Anything more you want to say about the Boston Bruins or do you want to move on to the Nashville Predators? Uh, no, not really. I mean, the Bruins are well coached, obviously. Yeah. I mean, they've got, you know, they've got for the past decade, the best line in the world. Bruce Cassidy called guys like me a bunch of nerds, but good nerds. Is that what he said? Did you see that quote? He goes, he goes oh, we got a bunch of nerds upstairs uh, putting together new numbers for us all the time. And he goes, I don't mean like that. Like, they're good nerds. They're good nerds. <laughs> <laughs> this is a few weeks ago. It was pretty funny. That I loved it. That is pretty good. That is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, they're extremely well coached. I was surprised when they fired, when they fired Claude Julien yeah. as to how how well balanced Bruce Cassidy is in the yeah. sense that it's like, he didn't throw the baby out with the bathwater yeah. of Claude Julian's team. Like they're still recognizable. Like Claude Julian's stamp is still on that team, Yeah, but they're just a little bit more modern Yep, where it counts. Yeah. That's, I think that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, he, he coached Washington. Didn't, he was very good in the minors, then yeah. got the job in Washington. Yeah. It didn't go well. He wasn't prepared for it. A lot of coaches and, have to eat humble and, and pie then, before and then, they. And then he had to go back to the minors. Yeah. He went back to the minors, and now he's now he's much better for it. I wonder that about Ducharme as well. A lot of coaches have to take a big slice of humble pie their first go around the NHL. Geez, I wonder though if if you get a ch another chance after a, that. Yeah, that's a tough one. It is. You know, I mean, one. George Kingston was the co the first coach of the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, and they lost. 300 games in their first year, which isn't possible, but they did because they, they, they lost so bad. To, you know, they lost some of the games so bad that they actually counted it as two yeah. <laughs> and have to count them as six. Yeah, and, and I mean, he was, you know, I, I mean, I don't know if he was a good coach or not, but we were never going to find out again. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a good point. It's a, uh, it's a privilege. Yeah. Nashville predators two years ago, looked like they were about to do a rebuild. Then last year, they also look like they were about to do a rebuild. Yeah. And then they decided, no, let's just be good instead. And then this year I've been good again. And the thing is, is that during that time, they have let go of a few pieces that yeah. would yeah, big pieces. indicate a rebuild. Yes. Yeah, Victor Arvidsson. Victor Arvidsson. And, and Kelly um, Yarncroak. Yarncroak, I wasn't even thinking of. Uh, yeah, but what's his name that went to Philadelphia? Um, Ryan Ellis. Ryan Ellis. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they've let go of a few very big pieces that, uh, you know, would have bode well for a team that wants to actually win. But 
What? So what do you attribute to the team's success right now? You wrote an article about them at the beginning of the year. Okay. Uh, I don't even remember that, but... <laughs> This guy's forgotten more about hockey than <laughs> I always. I've I've never gotten that. I've never understood I how know, that's you a hate good that thing. Expression, yeah. I've never understood how that's a good thing. This yeah. guy's forgotten more about hockey than you know. That's not good. That's just not good. <laughs> so then, how would you say that we balance out now? Yeah. I know much more yeah. than him. Like because- I knew. I know who won the Stanley Cup last year. <laughs> Has he forgotten that already? <laughs> Okay, well, you wrote an article about uh, about the um, the National oh, Predators. It's coming back to me. Yep, and and you wrote an article about specifically with Duchesne and wow. Johansson and and Philip like Forsberg, yeah. Philip Forsberg, exactly. Yeah. And so I'm wondering now that we've got a full season because when you wrote that they were 10 or 15 games in, and yeah. it's kind of like, well, that's great, but it could just be a flash in the pan. Yeah, right. So I'm wondering now, what do you attribute to the team's success? Well, wonder no longer. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, a lot of things. I mean, so they, so they, Thank they goodness. let Yari, I couldn't wait another minute of that wondering. <laughs> That's right. They get they lose Kali Arncroak in the expansion draft, right? Right. Uh, everybody's like, what? And David Poyle goes, well, we got this kid named Tanner Janot. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And Tanner Janot is going to be a Calder Trophy finalist this year. You picked him for the Calder, didn't you? I I might have. I again, I forget more about hockey than everybody knows. So <laughs> I maybe I did. Maybe yeah. I I may have. Yeah. Um. So like the guy scores, he fights, he plays physical, he's tough, he's he's he can play him in all situations. Yeah. But but I think to me, um, the key to the Nashville Predators is who who's having career years on that team. Everyone. Well, Matt Duchesne's having a career year. Yeah. Philip Forsberg's having a career year. Yeah. Ryan Johansson's having a career year. Yeah. Roman Yossi's having a career year. Roman Yossi's having a historic Roman year. Roman ha- Yossi's yeah. having a, car- a, a an epic year. Yeah. Um, you see, Saros is having a career year. I mean, I mean that, that there it's it's coming together where it didn't before. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I you know we kept waiting for Matt Duchesne. And Ryan Johansson to prove they were number one centers in the NHL. Well, together they kind of are now. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, Matt Duchesne's got forty goals. Yeah. You know, Ryan Johansson is scoring again and looking confident and playing really, really well. Philip Forsberg, who's in a picked a great year to be in a contract year, you know, has been yeah. excellent for them. And to me, you know, I mean, I talk, I actually talked to John Hines about this, and this is probably the story you're this referring to. This is the, to. the article I'm referring yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, and he basically said, they basically came to him and said, look, it, it's, it was like the old coach, player, push and pull, right? Yeah. We don't like the way you're using us. And the coach is like, well, I don't like what you're doing out there. <laughs> so basically what he did was he started the year with a clean slate with those guys. Yeah. So there was no biases, nothing from the previous year, nothing. And he said, okay, look, this is what you want. You want to be put in this position. You want to be put in these situations. I'm putting you there. Yeah. I'm putting you there. But you got to prove you can stay there. You know? It's very impressive. Like, it's very impressive because, I mean, just from being an alive human being, as we both are, how many times has somebody said, let's wipe the slate clean. And you think, yeah, yeah. I don't think you meant that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't think that you meant clean. I think you meant, uh, you know, let's suck it up for a little while. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the fact that he was able to say like, let's wipe the slate clean and actually was able to create a clean slate with those guys. Yeah. That is very impressive to me in terms of his people skills. And I, I wonder if he would mediate uh, discussions between myself and my two-year-old. Oh, okay. Your yeah. two-year-old was, when I came, your two-year-old was running around the, the other person's yard and your wife was just sort of waiting for her to get in the car. <laughs> and then the last thing she said to me was, I'm going to be here for a while. <laughs> so you could use those, you could definitely use those uh, those medi- mediation skills with her. Uh, yes. No question. Yeah. 
Um, before we move on with the Nashville Predators, just a reminder, subscribe, kencampbell.substack.com. Check out Hockey Unfiltered on uh, YouTube if you want the clips of these episodes. And if you want the full episodes, then you've got to go over to the Hockey Podcast Network on YouTube. And we're probably going to start doing some live stuff on the Hockey Podcast Network. So that's worthy of a subscription. Yep. And of course, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. and. Uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just, yeah. you know, I'm doing my, uh, my, my, my due, my due diligence here. Due diligence. Oh, very nice. Nice. Yeah. There One you go. One thing I forgot to say about the, the Nashville Predators is, uh, Mikhail Grandland. He's oh yeah. Been, he's been a huge yeah, part of all of this. He's yeah. been a huge part of this because now Duchesne's playing the wing a lot more. Yeah. And he's playing with, I think he's playing with Forsberg and, and, and Grandland. Yeah. And I mean, Grandland has been very, very good for them. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see because they play like if it's, if it ends the way it is now, mm-hmm. I think they play Calgary in the first round. And right. They just played last night and, and Nashville won in a shootout, took a two nothing lead early and then Calgary battled back. It was a great game. It was a great game. I think they play again like next week. Yeah. So that'll be a nice way to set things up for the playoffs. Yeah. That'll be a really good series. That'll be one yeah. of those ones where you got to watch. You I was have trying to watch. To, I was trying to figure out if uh, UC, uh, uh, UC Saros, if um, Roman Yossi could break 100 points. And they have a very tough schedule. To They've got some tough sledding in the yeah. next little while. Calgary twice, like you mentioned. Yeah. Um, Colorado, I think, is in the mix. Yeah. Anyways, they've got a very tough schedule coming up. And I went, ah. Maybe not. They've got their last game of the year is Philadelphia. And I thought, well, maybe he'll do 12 in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> they got to give him some, some primary and secondary assists on a few of those goals. Right. Um, but uh, yeah. So speaking of um, UC Saros, who I almost mistook for Roman Yossi, <laughs> because talking is hard. Okay. <laughs> like you don't realize how many mistakes you make speaking until you speak into, you know, a microphone for exactly. An hour. And yeah. you're just like, huh? Well, I screwed wow. that up pretty bad. No, yeah, that, was, that, that <laughs> one really came out of my butt. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> so UC Saros uh, is the fifth best goalie for goals saved above expected. So meaning that he is, you know, those are the amount of goals he'd save against a uh, statistical model of what a league average goalie is. He is the uh, eighth best goalie for save percentage this year. So he's... In the mix for excellent goaltending. And now if I would say just from kind of like my watching him, I would knock him up a few notches on those lists because I don't think that he's getting the defensive help that some of those other fellas are getting on the list. Now, the goal saved above expected is supposed to negate yeah. defense, but right. it does a so-so job of it. You know what I mean? No no stat no. is perfect. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No no stat is perfect, I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. But listen, we've seen teams go very far on the strength of one stellar defenseman and one extremely hot goalie. And yeah. of course, I think about Ottawa, the Ottawa Senators, when Craig Anderson just said, hey, everybody, remember me? Yeah, and Eric Carlson, yeah. And Eric Carlson 20, said, hey, everybody, remember 2017? me? 2017, 2017, yeah. Yeah, that was an yeah. excellent, excellent playoff run. I really loved watching that. And Craig Anderson's such a fun goalie to watch. Anyways, uh, and of course, the Montreal Canadiens last year, with mm-hmm. where Price and Weber just clearly shook hands and said, "Okay, so we're doing this." Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so seeing teams do those incredible runs based on essentially the model of UC Saros and Roman Yossi, and uh, and other people playing fine. How surprised would you be on a scale of one to ten? Ten being the most surprised. If the Nashville Predators wound up winning the Stanley Cup, mm. uh, probably eight and a half. You'd be that surprised, eh? Yeah, I'd be pretty surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah I, I'd be pretty surprised. Yeah. Although, although their their path to the final is, or their path through the Western Conference is not going to be as tough as anybody's path in the in the Eastern Conference. I don't know. Like we were just talking about how they might be playing Calgary in the first round, right? Yeah. Ah, that's a that's gonna be that's gonna be a tough team to play. Yeah, and then presumably you'll be facing Colorado at some point. Well, you you but if they face Calgary, that means they're going in with the Pacific Division. Yeah, so, but I'm so just saying they're passed through the they're, they're passed through the West. Yeah, yeah, but still, so you play Calgary in your first in your first uh, in your first series, and then you're playing either Edmonton or L.A. in the second round. 
Yeah. Um, that reminds me of Montreal actually last year. Yeah. Played Toronto, a tough series. Yeah. Then swept Winnipeg. Okay. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Played another tough series against uh, Vegas. the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. 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 So. I, you're, you're right. Like it's not going to be as hard as, you know, Carolina. We're talking to Don Waddell in a little bit. They're playing every single horrific matchup that could possibly be concocted. Yeah. To, in order to get to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you're not wrong about that. Uh, U18 start in Germany in a couple of days. What are you, what are you watching for that? What, are you, what am I watching? I mean... <laughs> is, is, there, is there a few Bernard, names uh, Conor, maybe that come to mind? Conor Bernard's going to wreck this tournament. <laughs> like he's just going to wreck this tournament. Yeah. Like last year... Over, under on 100. He had seven... Goals and 14 points in seven games. Right. Last year. Yeah. What's he going to do this year after he's already scored 50 goals in the Western Hockey League as a 16-year-old? Forget the Western Hockey League. Forget what he did last year. In the World Juniors, Yeah, he put up... Five points in two games. Five points in two games. Yeah. Like, I've got, like, I told you about this last night. Like, I've got a goalie student who she is playing double A and up two years. Yeah. Well, what do you think that that means when she plays in her age group? Right, right. It's a joke. She's competitive at double A and up well, two years. But the, fu- but the funny thing is, is... This so he's is, dominating yeah, and up this, two years. This ain't even his age group still. Right. Still, he could play in this tournament next year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. so the fact that he was able to dominate the world juniors and now he's going to get dropped down a level... It's yeah, yeah. it's incredible. Well, and it'll be interesting because uh well, Mitchkoff won't be playing. Right. Matt Matve Mitchkoff won't be playing because of yeah. the sanctions against Russia. Yeah. So they're not even in this tournament. Right. Um Adam Fantilli's gonna be on this team. Yeah. And that will be really interesting. Yeah. I, I that would be so cool if they played those two guys together. Yeah. Oh my god. That, uh, that, that would be, be that, that would be almost almost the Lemieux. Um, Gretzky <laughs> of the under you know? 18s. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I'm watching out for. I mean, Canada, Canada typically hasn't really put a lot of like Canada has always put more stock in the Ivan Holenka tournament mm-hmm. before the year starts. Yeah. Um, because they can put, they can have all their best players, right? right? This tournament, it's all guys whose teams didn't make the playoffs in the CHL. Right. So, and, and luckily, the Regina Pats were terrible this year yeah. and missed the playoffs despite having the best player in junior hockey, which is Connor Bedard. Right. Um, and uh, so, so he's going. Um, so, yeah. So I, I, I mean, it, it, they don't usually put a lot of stock into this tournament, but they did last year because it was in the summer and they were again, able to use all their best players. Yeah. Um, this year, I think it'll be really interesting because I think a lot of, a lot of eyes will be on Connor Bedard to see what he can do against a year ahead of his, of his draft class. Yeah. Like he's still not, you know, I mean, most of the kids in this year's tournament will be draft eligible this year. Mm-hmm. And he and Fantilli will be draft eligible next year. And they could end up being the two most dominant players in the tournament. Yeah. I remember when we had Connor Bedard on this podcast, feels like uh, many, many moons ago. Yeah. And, uh, and, and his team was already struggling and his is basically his response was, well, I guess I just need to score more. Yeah, <laughs> and, and he did, and he did, <laughs> he did. It, he, it was crazy because yeah. once he went to the World Juniors, yeah, it was insane what he did. Yeah. Like he he had the five points in the World Juniors, then he came back. I think he had like four goals in his first game back. Yeah, I think I I I wrote it down the other day, and he had like something like including the World Juniors, he had like. 47 goals and like 75 points in 47 games. Wow. Like it, it, it was insane what he did. Wow. And in his last game of the year, he had, he needed, he needed five points to get to a hundred. I think he got to 101. He had 96. Yeah. yeah he went out and got three assists and two goals. Yeah. You know, why and wouldn't you ended up, he was at 49. He ended up at 51. The, the thing that used to, well, it still does bother me, but I just don't hear hear this as much. I remember when um, I remember when Nikita Sherback was kind of knocking on the door of the Montreal Canadiens organization, and there was uh, there was rumors that he was not 
that his off ice habits were not all that they should be. And, uh, and I remember this guy in media and I won't of course mention who, but, um, you know, saying basically, well, if I was that close, I would just work hard and make the NHL. And I, and I just remember thinking to myself, like, yeah, but you're, you're not that close. Like you don't know what you've yeah. never been that close. Yeah, like yeah. I don't profess to understand what it would be like to be that close and you know, the different things. And so it's just seemed like a very bizarre statement to make, but some people just do seem to have that ability to just turn around and say, you know what? Yeah, I'm just going to do a little bit better. Yeah. And Bedard seems to always have that ability that every time that you think that he's kind of reached some sort of plateau or some sort of a peak, he just goes, you know what? No, let's do a little more. Why not? Yeah. And it's like, that's not an option for most people. Right. Like m- most of us are just, you're just schlubs. We just, we've, we've did it. We've done our best. You know? <laughs> and for Left him, it all out there. And, and yep. for him, he goes, ah. All right, I, you'll reach a hundred. Okay, why not? Yeah, yeah, I think might as well. I, I what I wonder about next year is, you know, whether or not he gets bored. First of all, he he should. He might. Well, I, he, I, think, I think he's, he's going to be hundred. He's going to be hundred fifty points. I saw it with John Tavares. Yeah, in his last year. Yeah, that was the rumor about Shane Wright yeah, he, this year. Before he got traded to London down the stretch, he was he looked like a player yeah. who was bored. Yeah. Bored of that level of competition, bored of not winning, you know, and like, this is a team like Regina has been not good, you know, so it'll be interesting to see how he approaches next year. I think he's going to get 150 points. Yeah. I think he's good for 150 points next year. Correct me if I'm wrong, like junior trades often... Like, like it, like blockbusters are not uncommon in junior. No, they're not. Especially if, 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 you know, if he's playing for Regina, Regina's out of it at the trade deadline and you can end up getting a boatload because this is the guy that puts you over the top. Yeah. Like in junior hockey, they trade, like, it's like nobody owns seven year olds. Well, yeah. Nobody owns their own draft pick. It's like, okay, well, uh, three years ago we traded our first round pick to you and, now and we were good then and now we're not and you're good so you're going to trade that back to us and yeah, yeah. you know what i mean like and and they end up trading for guys you know i mean in that the 20 years old. 20 2025 20, draft well yeah. 2026 draft well that's 4 years from now yeah that's a kid who's 12 yeah, yeah. <laughs> 11 yeah. who's playing you know hockey somewhere for the marlies or for the you know, Delta or, or the, you know, whatever. The junior Canadians. Yeah, the junior or Canadians yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And 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 <laughs> he's going to end up playing for this. He's going to end up being this pick. Hey, Joe so, from the Markham Rangers. Guess what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know this yet. Yeah, you don't know this yet. And but, nobody uh, else does either. But, but yeah, so, so, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how he approaches next year because, I mean, I, I actually was kind of surprised that he was on this team because I thought they would just keep him for the world juniors. Yeah. Um, because, you know, so now he's, I mean, it's good now because he's basically just extending his season by a couple of weeks. So it's like he would be playing in the playoffs anyways. Right. right. So this kind of replaces him playing in the Western hockey league playoffs. Yeah. Cause I mean, this season just ended on Sunday mm-hmm. and I think they left on Monday. I think yeah, they yeah. left like the next day for the, for this tournament that starts Friday. Yeah, play USA in, game, in the first game. That's gonna be it. That's gonna be a must watch. Yeah, no kidding. That'll be that'll be a that'll be a really good game. Yeah. Um. So I mean, so it it won't be that bad in in as much as it's just gonna be a couple more weeks on a season, which most guys are gonna have anyways. Yeah. Uh. So you know, and so that, and we'll see him in the world. Obviously, I'm pretty certain we'll see him in the World Junior. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Put him in the World Championship too. Why not? Yeah, why wouldn't you? Well, because it's just too much. It's too much hockey. You know, I mean, he's got to ah, have... He's young. He, yeah, I know he's young, <laughs> but he's got to have time to train and no, he's got to have course. time to rest. And yeah. But who knows? I mean, yeah. he could definitely what's, handle what's that level of competition. going to gain by lighting up all those old geezers? <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Should have been on the Olympic team this year. I, I think you're right. Absolutely should have been on the Olympic team. I mean... They got eliminated because they couldn't score. Right. Because they realized at some point, you know, hey, Kent Johnson, you're really good and we haven't played you much, but go out and get us a goal right now because we're desperate. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So. Yeah. That was just, uh, that was a disappointing it was. outing to watch. It, it was. It yeah. really was. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. All right. Do you want to get on to the Don Waddell interview? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. Anything else to talk about? Eh. Yeah. Well, we'll, uh, we'll circle back at the end of the interview and, and chat a little bit about the hurricane. All right. Sounds good. Hey, hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up the points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code T. HPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 plus restrictions apply. And joining us today is current Carolina Hurricanes general manager, former Atlanta Thrashers general manager, but most of us probably know Don Waddell as the former defenseman for the Los Angeles Kings. <laughs> Don Waddell with us. Don, how you doing, my friend? I'm great, Ken. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I do want to, I did mention that because I do want to take you back a little bit. And I want to ask you, how close did you come to making the U.S. Olympic team in 1980? Well, you know, I played a lot of games. So I was at the sports festivals for two years and, uh, uh, broke my leg at the second sports festival in night in 79. Yeah. Uh, went back to uh, Northern Michigan university, played a few games and then rejoined the team. And uh, I believe it was late uh, October, early November and was with the team through uh, the Christmas tournament, which there I got hurt again, with the knee injury and uh, was sent home at that time. So, you know, you, you never know how things are going to work out, but uh <laughs> Certainly, uh, as you look back at it, it was a great experience. And, you know, when you, you, you know, we had a trip to Europe with that team. So you, you really get to know the players. And, you know, you had players from uh, mostly from Minnesota, mostly from Boston. And yeah. so it was an interesting uh, group of guys. But they came together and, uh, you know, obviously uh, very excited when they were able to win the gold medal. Well, it's funny because uh, Herb Brooks, who coached the team, was one of the last cuts of the 1960 team as well. Um, and I remember reading something about how they were watching the gold medal game, and his dad said to him, well, it looks like they cut the right guy. <laughs> savage, savage. <laughs> but maybe they maybe they did cut the right guy, maybe they didn't. I know your numbers were, like, your numbers were outstanding. You were a, like, for people who don't realize it, Don was a very, very good offensive defenseman. Like, you <laughs> you had good numbers in, in college. You had, like, you scored 95 points one year in the IHL. I mean, you, you were you had it going offensively, didn't you, Don? Well, the I was fortunate in college. I played with Tom Laidlaw. He was my defense partner, and I think he scored one or two goals in four years. And <laughs> he was the defensive uh, uh, my uh, body protector back there, and so that yeah. got me going. And uh, I was fortunate. I played with some good players, good teams, able to win some championships. And uh, uh, you know, I, I, as I look back in a career, yes, I played one NHL game. Um, in January of 81 and it's one game that uh, I'll remember and so I've been very fortunate yeah. to be able to stay in this sport at this level and uh, you know someday I'll wake up and have to get a real job <laughs> <laughs> so far you've managed to avoid that Don and, and speaking of you know staying in the game I, I remember you, you told me a story and I, I can't remember the exact details but you know talking about your transition into you know, management. And, and at first it was player coach. And, and I remember you were telling me the story about how one night you, you said to your wife, do you want, do you feel like going to a hockey game? And she said, sure. And, and you said, well, that's good because I'm playing. <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, Sunday morning. Uh, Rick Dudley called me. I guess they had a bunch of injuries, had a brawl in the ski the night before it was, <laughs> I was living in Toledo, Ohio and called me like nine o'clock in the morning for a one o'clock game and said, Hey, I'm really in a, a big pickles or any way. You can play today. I hadn't been on the ice in a whole year. 
And I remember walking the house, it was, uh, you know, an hour and a half drive to go up there. And I said to my wife, I said, do you want to go to a hockey game today? She goes, sure. Where? I said, up in Flint. And so we moseyed around for a few minutes. I said, well, by the way, I'm going to play this game. <laughs> so that started to come back and uh, the rest was uh, good from there. What, what were you doing at the time, Don? So uh, I own a port- portable toilet business, Porta John's. <laughs> Yeah, that's it's a story that lots of stuff. <laughs> and yeah. so the, the funny thing was, that was a Sunday, and I had this business going, and it was going really good. Wednesday, uh, and I wasn't planning to come back. Uh, the team was playing in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, yeah. I was playing for the Flint team, and Rick said, Is there any way you can play? I said, Well, the good thing, Rick, on Wednesdays, I do my routes on the uh, western part of Ohio. So I said, yeah, I could make the game. And so I drove the game in my big pump truck. Walked <laughs> in the locker room, played the game, got my truck and drove home that night. So I did that for about three weeks until I could hire some people to run the business for me. And then I finished the year out with Rick. That's funny because then that, that sort of was your conduit into management, right, Don? Then you started, you know, you, you were managing in, I think, Toledo and Flint and then Orlando. And, like, you were you got – you put your time in in the International Hockey League for sure. Yeah, I went back and decided in the following year to be Rick's <clears throat> player assistant coach. And then he left after the 87-88 year. And, uh, and then so I got named coach and GM in 88-89 Eighty-nine, ninety, we became the Rangers farm team, and then after that, I uh, went to San Diego for five years, Orlando for a couple years. So, um, you know, I, I kind of got a history once I started going to San Diego uh, that I only go to warm weather cities. <laughs> uh, I had to stop in Detroit for years, assistant manager to Kenny, That's and right. won, a Stanley, won a Stanley Cup, so yep. it was worth the trip. And then obviously, <laughs> yeah. kind of for the next twelve, thirteen years. Nice, nice. Well, let's let's uh, let's move on to uh, uh, a little closer to uh, to now. And you know, Don, <clears throat> I'm, I was looking at the standings in the Eastern Conference, and I started to look back after of, of, um, to every year previous. And one of the things that I've came up with is this will likely be the first time in NHL history that every playoff team in a conference or in the same conference or the same division is going to have a hundred points. Like, have you ever seen anything like this before? No, this is crazy. You know, every night we talk about it every morning, you know, you scoreboard to watch, but I don't even know what we're watching because every team, like you said, so many good teams and, you know, you're going to get in the playoffs and, you know, both not take, not take anything away from the West, but, Right now in the East, you know, to get out, to get to the Stanley Cup Finals, you're going to have three hell of a tough series uh, to win. So, you know, we're we're excited about it being in our position. You know, we're just trying to finish this season out as strong as we can and uh, get ready for that postseason. But you don't even know, like, like for the longest time, it seemed like you knew you were going to be in that one spot. But now you've got. The Rangers breathing down your neck. You don't know if you're playing Pittsburgh. You don't know if you're playing Boston. You don't know if you're playing Washington. Um, how do you how do you guys approach that? I mean, obviously, you you know you do what got you where you are, but how do you guys prepare for that? Yeah, you know, it's, it's just, you know one thing about Rod Brindamar, our coach, is you know he doesn't always he doesn't worry too much about the other team. You know, he'll talk make our players prepared for penalty kill and power play, but. We more focus on how we want to play. We, we think if we play the way that we're capable and what we call the right way, that we don't have to worry so much about other teams, you know, special teams being different than that. So, you know, we're approaching it, you know, we're, we're trying to win every night and that's our goal. And regardless of who we're playing and, you know, the chips will fall at the end, you know, the Rangers obviously have a heck of a hockey team. I think they have three shutouts in a row right now playing yeah. well. Um, so, you know, that part we can't control. We can only control what we do, you know, and our goal is to try to win every game. We have five left and we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, Don, you know, obviously at this time of the year, I mean, injuries and, and people who are banged up are, are a huge factor. You know, we just found out 
yesterday that Freddie Anderson will be out at least a week. Uh, Jordan Stahl's day-to-day. Jesperi Kotkaniemi's day-to-day. How, how are things looking on, on that front? Yeah, both Stahl and uh, Jesperi are going to be fine. They're, uh, you know, potentially going to play uh, t- tomorrow night. we got a home game, and then we go on the road. Uh, you know, Freddie's going to be a little bit. You know, he's uh, back here. We were on that trip. He's, his movement's good. Uh, and MRI done negative. So it's just a matter of how he feels here. So, you know, we got the weekend, like I said, we're uh, going on the road. Uh, we'll keep him back here, let him do his treatment, do everything that he needs to do. It's not whether he plays uh, three or four games before the uh, season ends. It's more if try to get him ready for game one of that first round. So that, that's what we're focused on. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, you do, you did pick up Antti Ranta in the off season after trading Alex Nedeljkovic. Uh, you know, what's the, the level of comfort with, uh, with a guy like that? Well, he's played really well. It's late. You know, he, he, beginning of the year, uh, Freddie was going so well. He didn't play as many games as probably we thought. We had a really good schedule at the beginning of the year where we didn't have any back to backs. So he, he, when he finally got to play, he started off, uh, good then got hurt a little bit it was slow but then i think it's I, I don't i'm not a big stack guy with these type of things but i think in his last seven or eight games i think he's only had one regulation loss or maybe two mm-hmm. um, so you know he's a guy that is going to get a chance to play these games and you know we feel good that going into playoffs if freddie's not ready that we we have a very capable guy and uh, rant to that can uh, start and win hockey games for us so well you know we're, we're Everybody, I know everybody panics and looks at it, but, you know, we feel like we're in a pretty good spot and it's more up to our team. If we play as we're capable of, I think the rest will take care of itself. You know, Don, I think, I think the fact that, you know, like, it, uh, you know, I, I, I follow some people on Twitter and, and that, that cover your, your team. And I, I think it's a good thing that people started to lose their, lose their minds a little bit uh when when this news came down it was like you know people that means people are engaged and i mean you do i mean i think the one thing that 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 people need to know is that that you have a very engaged fan base don't you yeah no they'll you know gone four years now making the playoffs Our, our fans are they're very passionate we've been selling out a lot of nights this year uh, we just got through putting our playoff strips on sale to our season ticket holders. We capped at 14,000. We sold every one of those. Uh, you know, we want to keep some individual tickets for people to be able to experience the playoff hockey. So uh, our, our fans have been engaged. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of fun to uh, uh, hear some of the chatter out there. But on the other side, I always tell people, you know, don't worry about the things we can't control. Let's worry about the things we can control. And that's about getting our hockey team prepared to play the best they possibly can. Right. And that, and that goes right back to, I mean, I, when I covered uh, hockey for the Toronto star, I, I did, you know, Carolina's run to the Stanley cup in 2006. And uh, I mean, it goes right back to that. I mean, that, that fan base was, you know, I mean, I'm wondering if you can tell me a little bit about what, a playoff game looks like in Carolina because it's a pretty unique experience. I know that, you know, kids are playing ball hockey in the parking lot. It's, there's almost like this, uh, this um, like sort of tailgating aspect to it all. Like what's it like? Yeah. The tailgating, you know, we're number one tailgating city uh, in the national hockey league. And one of the big reasons is, you know, we have a, a 68 acres of parking lots around the building. Um, so, you know, people get out of here. We, we had a meeting yesterday, you know, if our first game will probably be either Monday or Tuesday. Uh, and so you'll have a midweek game probably starting around seven or seven thirty, depending on TV. And we'll open gates at 11 o'clock that morning, because even though it's a work day, we know we'll have thousands and thousands of people come out early for tailgating. Uh, so we'll be prepared for it. But, you know, we, we had uh, uh, last weekend, we had a Sunday game uh, a week ago, Sunday at six o'clock. And it was a beautiful day here in Raleigh. And by 1030, uh, you know, we had over 2000 people on property. And by three o'clock, we had we estimate someplace around six or seven thousand people. So yeah. they, they weren't coming to get into the game really. They came, came to enjoy the uh, uh, outside weather and the tailgate. And unless you said, like you said, the kids uh play ball hockey we set up all kinds of inflatables on the property we have food trucks 
we have vendors around. So we, we make it a, a, you know, it's the NFL captured this very well. You know, the NFL, everybody talks about the NFL. They play eight home games. So they make every game an event. It's right. just not the game. We try to do that as much as we can during the regular season, but certainly even more in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, you, I mean, you've obviously got a team that's built for the present uh, right now. Um, but you do have a, you do have a pretty good future down the, down the, down the line. I mean, uh, I was just looking at the hockey news, uh, future watch, and I think you guys are ranked ninth, uh, which isn't bad for a team that's had the late picks that you have. I mean, you obviously don't have a first round pick this year. Um, you know, how are you feeling about the, the prospect list with, uh, the likes of Scott Morrow and Jack Drury and some of the guys you have coming up the pike here? Yeah, we really feel good. You know, as you said, you know, we had the high pick Three years, four years ago, where we won the lottery, went from 11 to 2 to get Sveshikov. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, we made a trade with uh, Toronto and ended up with their pick to get Seth Jarvis at 13. Uh, so we've been fortunate to be able to add some of those type of players, and they came right immediately to our team. But when you look at, uh, you know, we got a goalie that we just called up here, Peter Kochkov. He came over from Russia because of the situation in Russia earlier. We didn't think we were going to get him this year. He went to the American League, he's 13-1-1 one, and one in the American League. Now he's going to get a chance to play some games up here this weekend. Uh, and you know, as you mentioned, Jack Drury, you know, we, if we'd have ran through any kind of injuries, Jack Drury would have got a, a, a more mm-hmm. games this year. But we know he's going to be prepared to play and, and make our team next year. Scott Morrow stay in school for another year. Very high on Scott. Uh, we have a couple young kids, Gundler, that came over this year. He's playing right now in the American League. Uh we feel good about where we're at. We had a lot of draft picks too. You know, uh, two years ago, I think we had 13. Yeah. Picks. And I think 11 last year, you know, we, we, we kind of loaded up on some uh, second, third round picks uh, through different uh, means. And, you know, as we know with the draft, there's no sure things, but the more darts you throw at the dartboard, the better chance you have to get some players out there. So we feel like we're in pretty good shape moving forward. Yeah, you did have a lot of picks, and as you say, I mean, you've got to hit on those picks, and it looks like you have, so that's that's a great thing. Um, just one last thing, Don. Um, scoring is going bonkers now in the NHL. It's, it's way up, um, and there's probably a lot of different reasons for that. I... I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm wondering, like, are we just... I, I was thinking about this last night, and I'm just thinking, you know, are we entering the golden age of talent in the nhl like i mean that's that's a part of it i i assume um what do you you know what do you uh what are you seeing out there that 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 can attribute to this uh you know this goals explosion that we're seeing this year right there's no doubt the talent level is one thing but i i really think the condensed schedule you know yeah. with so many games where you have three games and four nights five games and eight nights um you know it's it's, it's just I think it opens up for, and I'm not saying, uh, I think the goalies are as good as they've ever been, but when you're playing that many games, and especially in that position, I think there's a lot more wear and tear on you. There's also been a run of injuries this year with some key goaltenders uh, throughout yeah. the league. So, um, you know, empty net goals I know are way up yep. from uh, years past. You know, now the big thing is getting your goalie out of there as early as you can, uh, which sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. But I, I think it's it's a combination of all those things that, uh, that we just mentioned. And, you know, give give these scores. I mean, there's some guys that uh, don't need a lot of chances to score. I think we're going to – I don't know. I heard yesterday how many 100-point guys we're going to have in the league. Yeah. Um, it's pretty remarkable. But I think it also, you know, as you start off, the talent level in the league I think is as high as it's been uh, throughout the history of the league. That's funny. I mean, you you mentioned the empty net goals, which is a good point because I I go through the the summaries and I, I I marvel at how many games where I see, okay, empty net goal, and then the other team comes back and scores, and then they get another empty net goal. You know what I mean? So it's like it's working and it's not working, but uh, but it's making for some exciting hockey. I've I've ever since the lockout, I've I've loved the game and and where it's going and the entertainment value of it. But this year, I think it's been a really off the charts and i i think the condensed schedule i think is is a big part of it too because you are going to be playing your younger guys because they're the ones who are going to have the legs so they're they're the ones who are going to have more opportunity as well so uh it makes for 
interesting time. Uh, can't wait for the playoffs to start. Can't wait to to see the Carolina Hurricanes and whoever they play, whether it's the <laughs> whether it's the Pittsburgh Penguins or the Boston Bruins or whoever it is. But uh, good luck down the stretch here, Don, uh, and uh, good luck in the playoffs. And thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. No, always a pleasure, Ken, uh, speaking with you. And uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you sometime uh, maybe during the playoffs. Yeah, we'll see you in a press box somewhere. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Don. Well, thanks for setting that up, Ken. That was a lot of fun having uh, Don on the podcast. Seems like an absolute prince. Immediately sent me a message after he got off the podcast recording and said, thanks for setting that up. As if I was the one with the major inconvenience today. Yeah. 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 I wonder how the Montreal Canadiens feel if they think he's a prince. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a very good point. I think... uh, I don't know. Uh, they're probably they're probably laughing right now at the. I don't know if, if they're laughing. I mean, yeah. they they ended up it ended up being Kotkaniemi for basically for Christian Dvorak, and Christian Dvorak, uh, despite many people, you know, basically predicting he would be the second coming of, I don't know, um, Cam Neely, <laughs> has hasn't quite been that. It was Mark Messier when you were on the Habsitation yeah. podcast. Oh, was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure where, where all of that love came from. Uh, it was so bizarre. Like, the, the thing that I saw about Dvorak that was so funny was, uh, oh, he'll be almost as good as Philip Deneau defensively, but, but way better offensively. Mm. How bad do you think Deneau is mm. defensively? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wrong on both, it turns out. Yeah. <laughs> nope and no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Fucking yummy. I, yeah, I, I, I mean, we don't have to get into it, but I've got a sneaking suspicion that uh, that wasn't exactly uh, Don Waddell's playbook. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was completely <laughs> the owner's playbook. Yeah. And he was getting it back at the Canadians for the offer sheet they gave to Sebastian Ajo. Yeah. Which as it turns out was a pretty good offer, was a pretty team friendly offer sheet. Oh, they did. They did with. Carolina a huge favor. Of course they did. Yeah. Yeah. Of course they did. Yeah. There was a meme. They did him a solid. They did him a complete solid. There was a meme on Hab's Twitter, which was like, uh, Don Waddell calling up Mark Bergevin and saying, hey, I'm having trouble getting this kid signed. Can you just do me a favor and shoot him an offer sheet for yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. And Mark goes, yeah, okay, no problem, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> that's, how they got, that's how they got it yeah, signed. Yeah. 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 So, so, uh, so Carolina, yeah, they're in tough. Everybody's in tough in the East. Yeah. It'll, it'll, it's interesting to see. I mean, Freddie's, Freddie Anderson's out for at least a week. Yeah. Um, you know, it looks like, that coincides with the end of the season. So I, I doubt if, you know, judging by the way he was talking, I don't think we're going to see him in the regular season. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the, the rest of the regular season. So. Well, if you're planning on a deep playoffs run, then it behooves you to take that extra time to just, you know, make sure and, that the rehab is 150%. You know what I mean? It, and which, and which Freddie Anderson is going to show. So which one? That's, that's that's the question, the question. Yeah. right? That's the no, question. That's, that's it, and that 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 you know, without uh, without generalizing too much, that will probably dictate how far this team goes in the playoffs. So I had I had um, two students that put up an absolute stinker of a game. They're they're both on the same team, and they got they both got pulled, and I had a long chat with the head coach afterwards of the team. And basically uh, what he said, and I think is completely right. I completely agreed with was none of the goals that those kids let in were bad goals, Mm -hmm. but sooner or later, you got to stop some of them. You need to stop. You need to stop some of those, some of those goals, even if it's a good goal, even if it's a breakaway or something like that, you got to sooner or later, you got to just, you got to just say, I'm able to get that little level ahead of what, is acceptable and get to what is good. Yeah. And that to me uh, is, it it epitomizes essentially Frederick Anderson's playoff career, which is a lot of the goals that he's let in. You can kind of, you can hum and you can hon, you can say, well, maybe this and that, but at the end of the day, you're in the Stanley cup playoffs. Yeah. 
You gotta yeah. you gotta stop him. Well, there's no hemming and hawing over some of the goals he let in too. No, there's there've been some real I mean, stinkers. I, I mean, you can't those soul crushers just. There's been at least three where he's gone into his VH, which is like you know one knee mm-hmm. next to the post and one knee down. Yeah, like way too early, which is a position that should only be played when the puck's around the goal line. Way too early, and the guys just put it through his legs. Like there's been some weird, yeah, cognitive issues there, but. Um, I mean, he could be good. His his numbers are excellent this year. Ilya Sorokin, uh, Ilya Sorokin, who's he's living rent free in my brain right now. Antti Ranta is uh, got an almost identical save percentage to him right now, although the advanced metrics don't look as good. Right, but uh, you know, Don did say you know that they're comfortable going in with Ranta. Well, what else is he gonna say? <laughs> What else is we gonna say? Yes, oh, I traded. No, we're screwed. Yes, I traded Alex Nadelkovic in the off season. Yeah, and I'm regretting it. No, he's not, <laughs> he's not gonna say that. I mean, yeah. So he's. I mean, you are what you are at this time of the season. You're not getting any help. Yeah. Uh, you're. You know. I mean, Freddie Anderson is going. Let's put it this way: if if Freddie Anderson is going to go on a long playoff run, yeah, he's he's gonna have to silence some doubters. Now, I a lot at, of doubters. A now, lot of doubters. I look at Carolina though as um, as a team that makes life easy on their goaltenders. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, Jacob Slavin is. Um, did I say it wrong? He gave me a weird look. No, no, oh. no, no. <laughs> Jacob Slavin like reminds me of like a, a Jalmerson. Yeah, where he takes you know the sort of defensive defenseman and turns it into such an art form. Right. 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 And and so. It's it's possible that, you know, uh, it's possible that Frederick Anderson will have the best playoff of his career because he's surrounded by guys like that mm-hmm. as opposed to, I mean, Muzzin got hurt the last two playoffs for the Leafs. Yep. Right? Yep. That was the only guy in the Leafs that you would say could do that sort of, play that sort of role. Play that shutdown, And even yeah. then he was not, he's yeah. no Jacob Slavin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So you see, I argue myself into a point and out of the point. That's what all good debaters do, I guess. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, you want to get out of here? Yep. Excellent. Well, don't forget to subscribe to us on the Hockey Podcast Network. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube, both our channel and the Hockey Podcast Network's channel. Don't forget to check out kencampbell.substack.com for excellent writing from our good friend Ken Campbell here. And of course, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars are appreciated. Well, Really the only way to go. (laughs) 